Hello and welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And this week, we are sipping on some chai teas. <laughs> Tea. <laughs> on our way to an ATM machine. As we talk about Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. But before we do that, I mean, it's been a couple of seasons. But Francis has finally come back to the Weekly Reel Podcast. Welcome back, Francis. What's up? Glad to be back. Yeah, for those who don't remember, Francis first appeared on the pod on the Train to Busan episode. And his most recent appearance was actually all the way back in Season 4 on Episode 69, Rush <laughs> Hour 2 and 3. <laughs> so it's... uh. It's been a while. It has been a while. Wow. Very memorable episode. <laughs> Who, you or me? <laughs> me. I'm you. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that was that was a that was such a good episode. I'm hoping that I mean, well, obviously we have to wait until this writer strikes over, but uh, hopefully we get to talk about Rush Hour 4 eventually, but uh that's Neither here or there. We're actually here to talk about a different movie, uh, one that's animated and uh, uh, spans across a lot of uh, universes. But your name. Before we do, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wait, what? <laughs> your name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, it's not. It's not. But before we do that, guys, let's get into the soup du jour. What's the soup du jour again? Well, it's the soup of the day, but it's also our old ritual. And so uh, for this week's soup du jour, you know, we actually got some news yesterday. Uh, and we're recording this on a Wednesday, June 7th. They, it looks like uh, the MCU, Marvel Studios, ch- uh, just randomly decided to change the Captain, of Four, uh, the Captain America 4 title to Captain America Brave New World. And so, uh, this isn't my question, but I kind of wanted to ask you guys, and you know, we'll start with Jeremy just to kind of get us warmed up here. Uh, What are your initial thoughts on the name change? Um, I kind of like New World Order better. It sounds a little bit scarier. Brave New World sounds like an um, like a Batman animated series. (laughs) Brave and the Bold, um, but also an episode of Heroes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I don't know how, like, Brave New World. It sounds too too hopeful for... Mm-hmm. I guess it's Captain America, but I thought New World Order sounded better. It's like, oh, it sounds more mysterious than Brave New World. Okay, okay. Francis, uh, any, any initial thoughts on... The title change to Captain America Brave New World. I did. Uh, I saw. I'll agree with Jeremy that I did like uh, the original name. Uh, the new name. Uh, I can't get the song out of my head for uh, A Whole New World. <laughs> a Brave like, New World. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, wait. Oh, that's not the name. But, you know, that's what I come to think of. Um, and then there's the whole... Uh, I guess politics of it, the name change, mm-hmm. a whole new world. Oh wait, no, the original name, <laughs> the whole, New World Order. 
New World Order yeah. with the whole uh yeah, yeah that that issue. So <sighs> yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm with Francis. I uh thought of Aladdin <laughs> and the song first. <laughs> but also like Brave New World sounds like a Pocahontas like tagline or something like that. Yeah. Um Yeah. I'm like, ah, man, uh, I don't know about that. Like, for me, uh, I was like, okay, for as much as we talk about the WWE here on uh, on the, on the uh, <laughs> <Knew it. laughs> yeah, the Weekly Real podcast, I used to also watch WCW, and the New World Order was, uh, like, literally ahead of its time. That whole faction, the, the storyline, the, the theme song and everything, and hearing, like, whenever I hear, when I heard Captain America New World, I was like, New, New World Order. And then you want to say, for life. <laughs> it's just bringing back, bringing me back to the 90s, man. Um, I know you guys were probably still in your, like, childhood or whatever, but for me, that was high school days. So, whew. I don't know. I, I I was, I really hated it. <laughs> I hated the name change. It just <laughs> sounds generic to me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. But my question to you guys, and uh, again, we'll, we'll start with Jeremy on this one. Has the name change, uh, and it seems like it's being received negatively here, at least on this episode. Has the name change affected your expectations, your overall expectations for this movie? I think, man, it sounds a little bit brighter. Because when you go talk about Captain America, the first Avenger, that sounds like, oh, it's like this very um, fantastical World War II film versus Captain America, the Winter Soldier. There's this like spy espionage. Brave New World doesn't scream that spy espionage, like kind of uh, political thriller, as much as Captain America Winter Soldier does, mm-hmm. or at least um, versus New World Order, I think was a little bit more political thriller. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I saw some leaked pictures, or not really leaked, but uh, Anthony Mackie on set has like a new costume. It's like more primarily blue more reminiscent of the suit from winter soldier. So that gives me a little bit of hope, but then again, I did like his white suit from Falcon and the winter soldier series. Right. Uh, And you're talking about the finale when they revealed it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't know. Now his his suit just looks like he borrowed it from Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to, I guess silver linings. We didn't really get to see, obviously, the the wings extended. So they they may look, uh, they may put that white on, on the wings part, you know. So who knows? It may still look pretty cool, but I mean, we won't know until this comes out. Uh, Francis, mm-hmm. has the name change affected your expect expectations of the movie, for the better or even for the worse? Um. Like Jeremy said, I th- it does have that hopefulness to it, um, but I feel like the first uh, title, like, kind of gave a gave me like a dun 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 effect. Now I'm just like, brave, who's brave? <laughs> I'm just yeah, I'm a little on and off about it for sure. Okay, we'll see when the when the credits roll. I'll, I'll let you know. Okay, well. 
I mean, again, this kind of goes for you. Do you think Captain America Brave New World will kind of be on that same echelon as the first three films? Like, like just early predictions, where do you think the fourth one will actually fall in terms of your hierarchy of just the four films? Uh, Jeremy, I could tell you're kind of thinking about it. You already know how high, <laughs> like Winter Soldier and Civil War, and are in my top five. So, I, I it has a chance to be better than First Avenger, but there is that that charm about First Avenger. I think maybe on like technically it'll probably be better than than First Avenger, but I don't know if it'll have that same charm because I don't know they haven't done anything serious uh successfully in a while i felt yeah. like in terms of something a little darker i'm looking forward to secret invasion i think based on how well they're able to juggle the tone in secret invasion will give me more hope for a brave new world mm. okay how about you francis in terms of where you think it'll land uh compared to the previous captain america movies that's they're hard to beat for sure um but if they really like hit and land this film on a good note, it could possibly go in the middle somewhere somehow. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I did like the TV show, so if they can kind of like get that, you know, bromance there, uh, make it a little bit more better, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just realized I didn't really answer my first question. I mean, my expectations were kind of tempered anyway, just because, you know, Steve Rogers isn't, well, he's technically probably won't be there. Um, and then again, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we kind of talked about how it was a little, un- well, for me, it was a, a little underwhel- uh, underwhelming, uh, but I feel like it was mainly due to the uh, lack of a quality, I guess, threat. Um, I did like, uh, I did lo- like Sam and Bucky's like dynamic. I mean, they still have really good like that bromance. Uh, that's probably yeah. the best part of the show. And, and and I feel like um oh my goodness the name escapes me the uh U.S. agent. Uh, oh, John Walker. John John Walker. I I felt like his storyline was actually underrated. I'm looking forward to how his storyline plays out. Most likely in you know if they do Thunderbolts. Um, you know, whenever that does happen. Uh, but I guess my, I'm okay. So what I'm kind of hoping for is that with the original title being new world order, you know, I don't know if you've heard of the, uh, the story of how return of the Jedi was, uh, create, you know, the, the whole tagline, they first thought of return of the Jedi. Then they went back uh, they went to revenge of the Jedi and then they went back to Return of the Jedi. So I'm hoping that history repeats itself and they go somehow go back to New World Order <laughs> after uh, maybe this backlash. Because I, I think of all the places that I've seen... Again, social media is such a... It's not really a barometer of how the mess um, really thinks about anything. But basically from what i've seen it's been all negative everyone absolutely hates brave new world <laughs> as as a title um and so 
I don't know. But as far as like the movie itself for me, it has tempered my expectations even more. I mean, I didn't really, you know, it's hard to top just like Jeremy said, like the upper echelon movies that especially winter soldier and civil war have become. And, you know, uh, if you look at mine and Jeremy's rankings of the first Avenger, we have a soft spot in our heart for that movie. And we have that one actually pretty high, probably higher than most would have it. And uh, I just don't think it'll be as good. And so my hope is that, by tempering expectations, maybe we will get, well, at least for me, one of those films where it just takes you by surprise, just like a certain movie that we're covering today. Because I, to be honest with you, try to stay away from Across the Spider-Verse and all the trailers. And it just blew my mind. And we'll just get into that in just a little bit. Before we do that, Jeremy, though, we have some social medias, don't we? We do, and we actually have a TikTok, which you can actually go follow right now. It's at Weekly Real Pod, and on TikTok where we post movie, well, I don't know why I said movie like that, movie <laughs> TV reviews. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but yeah, and I have some top five, top tens probably coming soon. I'm even thinking about talking about some movies that I've watched recently just to catch up on some of the stuff that we haven't exactly talked about. And uh, yeah, TikTok at Weekly Real Pod. Yes, we also have Instagram, which is our main uh, mode of communication. Uh, what is our handle on Instagram? For Instagram, it's at Weekly Real, not at Weekly Real Pod. So on Instagram, you get the latest updates there, announcements of what the next movie that we're talking about is, when it comes out, the links to all other social medias, uh, other places where you can stream uh, our episodes. And you get also uh, little snippets of videos and recast reels that you can watch on Instagram and see our faces and Francis's as well. Whoop. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, I mean... Our audience clicked on this episode for a reason. Um, they kind of wanted to hear us talk about Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. And so this is where we'll issue that spoiler warning from here on out. We will be talking about everything Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, at least as much as we can. Uh, but we'll be talking about major plot points uh, and spoilers. And so consider yourself warned because this week... We catch up with Miles Morales and all of the spider beings, creatures, all of them. And it happens one year and four months after the events of the critically acclaimed 2018 uh, predecessor. And so in this movie, we travel through the arachno-humanoid polymultiverse. But some may call it the Spider-Verse in... Spider-Verse, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And so this movie is out now in theater, so go support your local theater. Watch it in IMAX, uh, Dolby, large format. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, I watched it in XD just because it was very convenient to me because it was just right down the street from my house. Uh, but I kind of wish that I watched this one in Dolby <laughs> or IMAX or something like that. But guys, let's get right into the double feature. 
If you don't remember what the double feature is, it's where I have a question that uh, none of the guys know what I'm going to ask. And then Jeremy also has a question that Francis and I don't know what he's going to ask. So for my half of the double feature, guys, in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, we really basically took a deep dive into the family dynamic between Miles and his parents, as well as Gwen and her dad. And so for my question, if you had to choose only one of those storylines, which was your favorite? And I'm just strictly just talking about the family dynamic between um, Gwen and her dad or Miles and his parents. You can only choose one. Okay. Jeremy, start us off. Darn, that is tough because that's basically what this movie hinges on is the family family (laughs) dynamics. Uh, But for me, just right off the bat, first thing that popped into my mind, I'm going with uh, Gwen and her dad. Mm. Just the way that the movie kicks off with that situation, that dilemma that uh, her dad doesn't know. She's Spider-Woman. And she reveals her secret identity. And there's like this looming uh, sadness, I guess, uh, that Gwen has throughout the movie that you can just like tell that it's like she wants to go home, but she's she like dreads it. And she's like afraid of what might happen if she like returns. I don't know. It, I just felt like that was at least more impactful to me. Um, but... It's such a toss-up because they spend so much time with Miles. So he's the main character. So yeah, I love how it. I, I love how this movie started, just because it contrasts to how Into the Spider Verse starts. Because obviously we get uh, Miles and his introduction, but now we got Gwen's side. You get to see more of her backstory. They just really just lottie dot over it, blah 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 over it. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> they just. You know, they just kind of just mentioned what, it, you know, like uh, what her story was like. And then that was it. Uh, but, oh, man, it's so good. Uh, Francis, which would you pick out of the two? That's a hard question. Originally, I was uh, leaning towards um, Gwen's side. Uh, Jeremy pretty much hit it on the point. But just to be different, I'm going to say Miles' story. Just because, um, you know, you, you just... You just see his struggle, like, you know, the the typical Spider-Man struggle dealing with uh, both identities. But him, he's, you know, in high school thinking about going off to college. And then there's that whole issue is like, no, you got to stay with us in Manhattan or whatever. And um, he can't really escape it. Yeah, He just has to deal with it. He's just jamming in his room. It's like, very relatable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get a lot of the dynamics. There's obviously different family dynamics between Miles and his dad and his dad and mm-hmm. then Miles with his mom. I'm really glad that in this movie we got to see a lot more of Rio and the mom. I felt like she was mm. super underrated in terms of care uh thing. You really got to see kind of more lighthearted uh side of her, but then you also got to see uh a little bit more of a serious side of it. Um I feel like their dynamic was actually very underrated throughout the movie. What do you guys think of uh, Rio as a as a character in this one? I just feel like Miles is more like of a mama's boy. Mm-hmm. So 
<laughs> I'm glad that they showed that in this movie because they, his dad is always kind of trying to play catch up in terms of like emotionally relating to his son. But I feel like Rio has that, you know, intuition of, oh, I know something's going on. I just need to figure out the right way to approach him because he's going through some stuff. Mm-hmm. So later on, when we get that scene of, um, when it's revealed that uh, he's in a different Earth, that Miles is in a different Earth, and obviously we don't we get some of the clues, but when Miles or no, yeah, when Miles reveals himself and his mom is like whatever about it, I was Spider Man, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like who's Spider Man and all that stuff. It's like oh, you're joking and all that stuff, and I was like, man, it's definitely not the same mom. Doesn't get those no. same cues as the, the Rio that we're used to. Yeah, I was like, "Where's the mom underneath the the water tower thing?" When they were talking, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that that scene hit me. And I was looking over at Andrea because we watched together. <laughs> she's like, she's like tearing up. Like, don't make me cry. <laughs> that was such yeah. a good scene when mm-hmm. they were both underneath that little water tower and and uh, um. Obviously, the dad just left, I guess, uh, <laughs> to basically just set, stepped aside so that they could have that mother-son like bonding time, and just so mm-hmm. that she could kind of relate um, a little bit closer. Um, since we're talking about Rio, um, I have this theory that the reason why, you know, you get to see the differences between Earth-42... Um, obviously that's where Miles is currently at <laughs> when, where, uh, cross spider verse kind of ends versus earth 1610 is that she's gotta be, she's gotta be single mom. So mm-hmm. she's gotta be both like mom and dad, right? You know, when, when you're in a single parent home, especially, uh, wait, what was Miles' dad's name? It, it escapes me now. What is his name? Yeah. <laughs> Captain. No. Captain. Lieutenant. Cap- no. Lieutenant almost <laughs> captain. Lieutenant oh, Morales. Shit. Morales. <laughs> Mr. Mister- yeah. Mr. Mr. Morales. Mr. Morales. Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, what was this? Oh, um Oh, yeah. okay. Found it. It's uh it's Je- <laughs> Wow. Jeff Morales. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> we were way off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel like um Rio in Earth 42, the one that we barely have gotten a chance to get to know, is like basically a combination of, of, uh, the two, you know what I mean? But more, mm-hmm. probably more on the dad side because, um, as we saw in Into the Spider Verse, really, Miles's father figure really was Aaron. You know, his uncle Aaron was the one that he was always closest with. And obviously that's why. When he found out that he was a prowler, and obviously when Kingpin kills him, that's why I feel like that's what takes into the Spider Verse into another level in terms of emotional stakes, and uh, it's just it's it really is like his version of losing Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Just that. I was trying to because I only watched Into the Spider Verse one time, but I still remember how heavy it was when mm-hmm. um, his uncle Aaron died. But mm-hmm. thinking about his dad, 
and relating it to Earth 42 Rio, it's like, like you said, it's like a combination where, you know, she's probably more of a workaholic mm-hmm. trying to provide for her son, but at the same time, be that mom that we're, we're used to, but just not able to actually have that time. So I'm guessing that's what her character's like. Yeah. And I don't, we don't know how long it's been since his dad died. So. Yeah. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Um, to answer quickly, answer my uh, my own question. Uh, it was again a tough one. I actually was almost gonna go Miles, but I will have to go with Gwen just because I absolutely love the extended prologue of this movie. Uh, I love the uh, focus and the artistic. Mm-hmm. Um way that it was presented in terms of like obviously you get the flashback of how Gwen lost uh, her best friend Peter and how Peter was the one who ended up uh, becoming the lizard and then her getting blamed for his death and then again that internal conflict and she even um, warned Miles later on about because you know Miles is wanting to reveal his his identity to his mm-hmm. parents and he ultimately does in that scene that you mentioned and really it's not really his mom i'm like oh my god it's just ugh, so many emotions but um man for gwen to have to kind of go through that and then the internal struggle between being the uh, police captain for um for captain stacy i forgot his first name <laughs> What is Captain? <laughs> it's Captain Stacy. Yeah, Captain. Uh, and then you know, just it's like, okay, well, do I play it by the book, or do I let my daughter slide? And then ultimately, we find out that he ends up having to quit the force. Yeah, what I like is that they showed. Well, at first, Captain Stacy thinks that Spider Woman killed Peter, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's, it's not like. He tries, he doesn't have that chance to arrest her right away. So you get this sense of time passes that he's been hunting Spider Woman for quite a long time. So I actually like that decision that it wasn't just like that decision or that reveal right away. Mm-hmm. You have this obsessiveness that Captain Stacy uh, went through, and then you have her reveal like her secret identity, make it even even harder for Captain Stacy to figure out what to do. Yep. No, the internal struggles were so good. Um, I loved all the dynamics, man. Oh, this movie is so good. So good. <laughs> well, for my half of double, uh, double feature, every Spider-Man, every great Spider-Man story, I should say, has consequences in my opinion. That's why I think Homecoming... And a little bit of Far From Home didn't really hit as hard as some other Spider-Man stories. When I think about consequences, I think about maybe in Toby's Spider-Man 2002. You know, he let that bad guy go, got Uncle Ben killed. Uh, You got No Way Home making the decision to try to save all these bad guys. Ultimately does get Aunt May killed and... Basically, he has to try to save that for 
making everyone forget who Peter Parker is, I think is a pretty big consequence. And I'm still, I'll, I'll mention it, okay? In the video game, Peter basically has to do the trolley dilemma Hell of yeah. does he this, save one person <laughs> yeah, yeah. or save everybody? Basi- and he ultimately chooses everybody. And I feel like they're doing that trolley dilemma once again in this movie where Miles has to choose between saving one person and saving basically the multiverse. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And the person that they're pointing to is his dad. But we get left with a cliffhanger at the end of this movie to the chagrin of many people. <laughs> oh, no, and I loved it. Yeah, same here. But there were some people that did not expect it, like uh, Francis. Yeah, I can tell you why. <laughs> so how would you actually like them to wrap up the story in part two, uh, Beyond the Spider-Verse? Because... In my opinion, I was uh, I knew that there was going to be a part two, but I felt like oh this it feels like this movie only has one more act to tell. So how do you think they'll handle uh, beyond the Spider Verse in terms of Captain Morales? I want to say the uh, dilemma will be obviously again. I- into the Spider-Verse, you have that dynamic between Uncle Aaron and Miles. His dilemma will be turning on his uh, Uncle Aaron, but it's of Earth-42. Because obviously, freaking Uncle Aaron, like, knocks him out. Or, <laughs> yeah. well, I don't even know. Who knocked him out? They didn't really reveal it, right? It's either him or Miles G. Morales, right? I think it was Miles G. Yeah. yeah. But... I mean, he was still there, and he they still tied him up to that punching bag or whatever. So there is no, there's really no uh, no connection. But in Miles' perspective, um, when you see Uncle Aaron in front of you, all those feelings from you know, like when he was growing up, still gonna be there. And I feel like Uncle Aaron is still going to be a legit like villain. Not obviously not the Prowler in Earth Forty Two, but he's going to have to either turn him in or have this fight or something where it'll just wreck him emotionally. Um, I know to add to this question real quick, it was a little weird how they said, "Oh, once you become captain, you're like marked for death." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I thought that was pretty weird. That is true. Because, I mean, it's going to happen in 1610. That'll be the uh, emotional stakes eventually because they're going to want to... There's there's that internal struggle of, okay, are they going to do what they can to prevent from uh, what this canon event from happening? Because obviously that's what Miles wants to do. He doesn't, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> but, ag- but again, that may destroy the multiverse, just like you said. Yeah, so do you think they're the the writers or do you think in the next movie jeff morales is gonna die for the sake of the multiverse or do you think he's gonna survive and somehow they're gonna find a a, a loophole i think he's gonna die okay <laughs> I, li- I like it when characters die just like you 
What do you, what do you think, Francis? I interestingly enough, I don't think he's going to die and I, I guess that Miles is going to have his, you know, the Spider-Man trope, save, you know, who he wants to save, save everyone despite the consequences and uh I believe Miguel's going to die. Like either through sacrifice, is is he gonna replace the death of his dad, and that's gonna fill such a void or whatever? But I feel like uh, twenty ninety nine Miguel Spider Man will die somehow. Mm. Yeah. Kind of a change of heart to it's like okay, yeah, I'll let you have this one because he made that same mistake before, so it's like he'll let Miles have this kind of. No, he's not. He's not exactly a, a villain, Miguel. Obviously, right. But he's just an antagonist going against Miles's point of view, which yeah. is interesting to say that. Uh, I just wonder how he would do it. Right. He's just like I have nothing to live for anymore. <laughs> That's it. You know, what would be pretty ballsy is if they killed Peter B. Parker. To save the multiverse. <laughs> I think that would be ballsy. They're not going to oh. do it. No, Instead of Miguel. You can't kill Nick. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't do that, though. Especially, what? who knows? He has a kid now yeah. that has yeah. spider powers. So it's almost mm-hmm. like he's the new Uncle Ben. <laughs> so yeah. uh, The baby's too young, though, to, to have an emotional connection, though. That's true. Time, I don't time know. Joke. It's pretty pretty intelligent baby. <laughs> um i i want to like toss this uh this storyline out there because it's really what we what we've been talking about i mean because then we went to what was it mumbai hatton or something like that Mm -hmm. and really miles morales is the one that disrupted that canon event when dupinder didn't lose his dad or no uh it was his girlfriend's (laughs) dad right (laughs) yeah girlfriend's dad yeah dupinder from uh from Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's what I was thinking. I was like, wait a minute. That's not his name. <laughs> Love that guy. Yeah. Uh, his name is... I have to look at it. I was buying myself some time. It's... Uh, Pro, how do you say it? Pavatir Prabakar? Oh, I don't know. So, oh, my God. I probably butchered that. Sorry about that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Really good character, though. I love Yeah, very character. good character. Yeah. With immaculate hair, by the way. Yeah. Even if it yeah. is animated. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to grow it now. Yeah, his character design was really good. I hope we uh, get to see more of him. Actually, I mean, he's a part of the band. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like he's not going to have as much in this next one since we were with him a lot. But he, if he is good, yeah. yeah, more jokes, please. Yeah, his his comedy was probably the best of the entire. Why you calling it chai tea? It's just like you're calling a TT. And his little no, <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, to answer my question real quick, though, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think because, like Ken, I want um, soon to be Captain Morales to die. You know, it's like you can't really stop it. He has to go through the Spider-Man uh, initiation of your, you know, your loved ones dying. 
even more of them, I guess. <laughs> but Jeez, I know he's already gone through it already, so he's gonna lose both of his father figures. Yeah, but he has both of his parents, so it's like Peter lost both his parents and his uncle. So, <laughs> oh yeah, you're, you're right, you're right. I always forget. Yeah, <laughs> we don't really get into his parents other than what amazing, yeah, the amazing Spider-Man. So I feel that's what I would want to happen, but I have. I don't know why I have this lack of faith where I feel like they're going to cop out somehow and save everyone. I don't, I don't want that to happen, but you know I what? Feel You're like just scarred from the fast franchise where they bring everyone back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. His, his dad's going to die. Then you bring him back from earth. And then, and then Letty comes back. Yeah. <laughs> and then Han comes back. Vin Diesel saves the day. And then Gal Gadot comes back. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we, relatively speaking, we don't have to wait that long. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I think they, they are still targeting March of 2024 for Beyond the Spider-Verse. So... We only what nine more months um, before we find out the conclusion of this uh, this trilogy, and it's fast becoming a very classic uh, comic book. Well, not even just a comic book; it's just like a really good franchise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which brings me yeah. to our audience question, because this week's audience question, obviously, Spider-Man Across the Spider Verse is the sequel to the 2018 film Spider-Man into the spider-verse and so for this week's audience question we want to ask everyone which sequel specifically the second movie of a franchise is your all-time favorite um francis since you're our guest uh do you have a sequel that is kind of your favorite Mm, you know it could be as old as godfather part two that's one of my favorite um Oh, anything. Anything, any yeah. franchise. Any fran- yeah, any movie franchise. All right, I'm just going to throw it back to episode 69 and say Rush Hour 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah <nice. laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. Go listen to that episode. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> but no kidding. Nice. Okay. I like mm-hmm. that one. Uh, Jeremy. I know we've talked about a lot of sequels yeah. in now 103, or actually 102 plus podcasts. We're still in the middle of this one. Um, what's your all-time favorite sequel? Uh, Thor Dark World. No, ah! I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. It. <laughs> Same. I changed my answer. <laughs> uh, the I Amazing Spider-Man the- 2, right? Oh, yeah, heck yeah. It's like that counts as three movies in one. Because of all the storylines they have. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to go Captain America Winter Soldier. Because I thought about Terminator 2 and all that stuff. But the jump from uh, first Avenger to mm, Winter Soldier. Because mm. Terminator is a classic. Terminator 2 is a classic. That jump isn't necessarily that crazy. I'm going to go Winter Soldier. You know, Because nice. I was like, okay, he's going to either say Terminator 2 or <laughs> Dark Knight. Yeah. Or Captain America Winter Soldier. But, you know, I was thinking along the same lines as you. I was, like, trying to think of the the jump between the first and the second one, and which is ultimately why I didn't really go with Terminator 2 or Dark Knight. Yeah. <laughs> or Winter Soldier. <gasps> we talked about it last year. It was my movie of the year, Top Gun. Oh, Maverick. Damn. Yes. That is a good one. 
I know, right? And I, I'm hoping that it's just not recency bias, but I, I really just wanted to talk about that. I mean, that was actually the movie that spawned our first ever I Love You 3, I Love You 3000 perfect score from our guest, AJ, <sighs> nephew of the pod. And so, uh, nice. I love that movie. <laughs> That's a but yeah, if you one. want to chime in on your favorite sequel of all time in terms of, um, what the second movie of a, any franchise uh please send us a either long-winded or short-winded uh response to our email right jeremy yeah our email is actually at wait hang on <laughs> sorry <laughs> thinking about our, our tiktok yeah go let us know at uh instagram at weekly real but our email is weekly nah, weekly real pod at gmail.com Yes, weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. And so, uh, guys, let's take a quick break. Okay, welcome back from the break. Let's jump into the Weekly Real Awards. First award is going to be the language award for best holy shit moment so sorry captain america francis <laughs> do you what's your award going out to all right my uh award is going out to the fact that it ended like that no i'm just kidding i'll let you know why uh i was oh. so surprised Ooh, yes um but i gave it to the the reveal from miguel to everyone, or I guess to Miles, because everyone knew that uh, Miles was the original. What was the word? Anomaly. Apparency? Anomaly. Yeah, the original anomaly, and that whole reveal. I was just like, dude, who would have thought? How could they do our boy that way, man? Yeah, just yeah. blew my mind. That's a good one. I really like that because. The way Miguel was saying it, so like he was so passionate. He was like, yeah. "You are a mistake, an anomaly." It's like freaking uh, Oscar Isaac, man. <laughs> He's going crazy. Yeah, Poe po Dameron is uh, ruthless. <laughs> yeah, freaking Mark and and what's his name? Mark and all of his all Moon his alter Knight egos. People. Yeah, all yeah, of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all of them. Because what I love about that decision, though, for it to be a mistake is I love that, you know, Spider-Man should always be like, becoming Spider-Man should always be an accident. Yeah. I love that. That he's st it's still yeah. like an accident. Amazing Spider-Man 2 made that mistake, <laughs> saying that Peter has the only genetics to withstand the Spider-Man like genes. I hate that. Breaking mm -hmm. Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. So dumb. Man. But uh, to add on to that, um, the fact that he was like, your Peter Parker Spider-Man was supposed to live mm -hmm. against the fight yeah. with the Kingpin. I was like, dude, that's that's crazy. And uh, I actually rewatched the the first one, and there's a small detail during that interaction uh, before he died. Uh, his world's Peter Parker. Uh, they had this unspoken word, spider, spider senses tingling. Uh, on Miles, the color was the Prowler, so green, purple, mm -hmm. and it shifted to red and blue, which Peter's was red and blue, his uh, spider sense, so check out that detail. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. All of these like artistic details are so 
like fun to catch. I did not even notice yeah. that the first time until you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah, Into the Spider-Verse, now playing on Hulu. Still oh, really? Yeah. I just recently rewatched it right before. Actually, both times. <laughs> it was so funny. I finished half of it right before my first viewing. Finished the second half right before my <laughs> second viewing. It's been so busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't get, sit through movies unless I'm at a, at a movie theater these days. But just to add to what um, Francis was talking about, because if you're talking about it in terms of just the first movie, Into the Spider-Verse, and you see that spider uh, with just a 42, you don't automatically think it's, oh, it's from Earth 42. You're just thinking, oh, it's the 42nd uh, spider, I guess, wh- you know, whatever, sam- uh, what do you call it? Whatever uh, experiment. experiment that they're doing. Yeah, yeah you know, because we've, we're conditioned from previous, uh, what, the Raimi trilogy and then mm. the, uh, uh, even the amazing, um, you know, two movies. So, um, yeah, I, I love how they, made that connection between that and earth 42 when he, he really wasn't supposed to. That's a really good one. Actually. I think I kind of knew that it was from like a different universe. Cause it had a Alchemax like mm. logo and name on, on the spider. And I knew that because I read like 2099 comics. So darn. Yeah. For me, I will go with the low-hanging fruit, um, the reveal that obviously Miles Morales wasn't really Miles Morales. If he was in the wrong universe. Um, I, uh, and so we get that face-off between Miles G. Morales of Earth-42 with Miles Morales of Earth-1610. I'm like, just try, I just want to make sure I don't mix up my worlds. Um, but even though... Like it obviously once they revealed, um, you know, that they were in different universes, uh, yeah, universes uh, between, you know, the intercutting between Miles and, and Gwen towards the end, uh, I, it still hit just because opening, uh, opening night when I watched it, even though you could kind of feel that anticipation and the tent intensity throughout that, those scenes. And then obviously he gets knocked out and you finally get that face off. It's just, I don't know. It's just pretty cool to see like this weird face off. And then, um, well, we, I think we talked about it just offline or whatever, but we already knew that this was going to be going to be in two parts or no, we talked about it during the uh, thing already. And I was like, oh, this is how they're going to set up Beyond the Spider-Verse. Ah, it's so good. Uh, so I will met- I have like an honorable mention. I just want to make sure that Jeremy goes first before uh, I mention a fun one. But I'm yeah, curious. that one is the low hanging fruit for me. Uh, quick question for both of you guys. When, you- when they were cutting back and forth between Gwen in Earth 1610 and Miles in 42, obviously it's like, oh, we're supposed to think um you know they're on the same earth and all that stuff when did you actually realize that they were on different earths because i remember when i when i was uh i realized even before like it was quite early on i'm like wait a minute this feels a little wrong and all that stuff i was like oh no way (laughs) so yeah when when did you realize that that the reveal right so you want to take this one first um, I don't know. I feel like I was pretty late on it, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. The 
I had a feeling just when uh, Gwen was kind of just chilling there. I was like, mm. dude, how's she, how's she chilling there right now? Like, what's mm. going on? Mm. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> and then once it was confirmed, I was like, damn, I was so late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first clue I had was when Miles went into the room and his room looked much darker and dirtier. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh. Um, but... On the second rewatch, because obviously I knew where <laughs> where things were gonna go, I noticed uh, that the city was much. There was much more. It was much grittier and grimier. Mm-hmm. Um, if you notice, uh, if if you guys end up watching it a second time, you'll notice that when Miles is kind of thwipping through the, uh, th- you know, to try to get home, it yeah, it it just looks much different. It's a darker version of Brooklyn. Dang, okay. Dang. Yeah, I gotta catch that next time. Yeah. Um obviously I, obviously I missed it the first time, so but yeah, it was it was just much darker. There wasn't as much It's Gotham. Yeah, yeah it was Gotham. there yeah. There wasn't as much like playful like uh like toys and stuff like you know, because we obviously saw his room uh, a couple of times earlier in the movie when Gwanda was there. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought of Gotham too when it became all yeah. dark and stuff and then yeah. I was expecting yeah. the Prowler to be like, you want to get nuts? <laughs> Let's get nuts. <laughs> <laughs> or what did, um, uh, what did Gwen t- uh, uh, say uh, Miguel O'Hara was? Like the Blue Panther and the Blue, s- the Cape Blue Seder? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, that reference. <laughs> I was cracking up. I was probably yeah. the only one of the only ones that was cracking. Up. Uh, for my winner, actually, since those are both my winners, actually, but since we don't have a cameo award for these uh, for our awards today, I'm mm-hmm. actually gonna go with uh, one that I think most people would miss is the spectacular Spider-Man. Josh <laughs> Keaton is probably one of my favorite interpretations of Spider-Man, like, ever. Yeah. So for him to actually, one, I saw, like, some, when they were showing the deaths of Uncle Ben on screen, they yeah. actually put that on there. I mm-hmm. thought that was insane. And for the fact that he actually, like, walks up to Miles when they're in that, like, spider intervention. <laughs> yeah. And actually, like, walks up to him, and he has, like, the web uh, underarm stuff, just like in the cartoon. I was like, no way! And he actually says something! <laughs> so I, I was kind of geeking out, because it's it, that cartoon was, like, in 2008, and I feel like a lot of people would forget about it. Yeah. They cover that new uh, new Rockstars breakdown. You gotta catch that. I think it's one of the ones... You know, we've been trying to kind of stay away from doing that, just to prevent from kind of overexposure i guess to you know because we want to enjoy these movies now without too much too much speculation but i i think you'll enjoy the breakdown because of the little easter eggs mm. i again i'll go with low-hanging fruit since you mentioned cameos the low-hanging <laughs> fruit was just donald glover <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh what it's uncle Aaron from homecoming <laughs> that's <laughs> true that's true I I love this how seamless it was between like li- uh, live action and then they're kind of looking at each other and then they get obviously animated Miles Morales. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, all those were mm-hmm. really good. And the Sony video game cameo. Oh, the Spider-Man 4. Yeah, version. it's like you're just a video game. Yeah. It's like are you talking yeah. about me. 
<laughs> so good. That was pretty funny. That'll go. That'll go, that'll be mine. My pick. No nice. cameo. Video yeah, game. that was good. Uh, the next award is the Ancestral Plane Award for most cinematic scene. Francis, you got top pick. Cool, cool. So uh, my award winner goes to, I think it was a Banksy. So remember that scene, um, the whole fight and interaction, basically we're introduced to the Renaissance version of the vulture. <laughs> and uh, the first time we see uh, Miguel come in um, and he has his whole theme song and his whole vibe going on. There's just a lot going on in that scene. I feel like with Gwen's dad, just like whole watercolor effect and then the paper animation from the vulture then you got this like dark Spider-Man, but like this vibrant colors off of Miguel. I think that was just just hit the just hit the fan for me. That one was crazy. That's yeah, I I thought they balanced all those really well because the, obviously mm-hmm. it was uh, comedic at the same time while introducing all these characters, but at the same time pretty seamless. Meshing all the different <sighs> art styles is pretty mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. I love how different they are from each other, but at the same time, they feel like they belong in one movie. Yeah, yeah. Seamless was a good uh, descriptive word for that. Oh, no, there was. <laughs> I felt like the whole movie was is probably oh, yeah. the most fun I've had just with visuals, um, in terms of from start to finish because. Every scene is just so artistic in its own way. If they needed to um, have something a little bit more grittier, they could do that. If they wanted, you know, to do some flashbacks, they could do that. And they just took liberties. And so, um, actually, I love the one that um, that Francis mentioned because, really, the one that I'm going to mention is right before that. It's the very beginning of the movie. When um, Gwen's doing her drum solo, I just love, love the different pastels. Um, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is gonna be good!" <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I don't want to, I don't want to set myself up for uh, for disappointment." So I, I was doing the uh, MJ <laughs> from Going <laughs> Home. <laughs> so I didn't want to expect anything, but man, uh, I just loved how. They just started off the movie. I was all in, like literally from the start, and it was because of that opening scene. It was the tone setter, and uh, I don't know. I love the bookend too of how, you know, obviously she quits her, her band in the beginning, but then she gets a new band at the end, and it, and it end bookends with the drum solo. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. I don't want it to end. And it ended. And I was like, no, I got to wait nine more months. Oh, man. I'll talk about that scene a little bit more later, I think. Um, Yeah. Man, for me, though, I think I have to go with when the the spider intervention. Especially (laughs) because when they start surrounding Miles, you know, you know, shit's about to go down, man. Like, cause Mm. you, you saw from the trailers that uh, like all the spider people are, are going to hunt down Miles. But there's this scene right before where, you know, Miguel's telling him like, this has to happen. This is a canon event. And you're like, okay, this is 2099. He's a little bit jaded right now. 
but when Peter B. Parker, like, and Gwen are like, hey, like, we gotta let this happen, you know, shit's real, <laughs> you know? And I love that it's all in character, though, for, for all these characters, even Peter B. Parker, because they all no loss they all have different peter parkers different uncle ben's whatever so i thought it was i don't know it's it's such a beautiful way in that they all like miles is still the one that's a little like hasn't lost too much yet and they kind of know that it to be spider-man that loss may be necessary Mm. so that's my Oh man, there's really a lot. Uh, I don't know. What yeah. do you think of that scene, uh, Francis? Yeah, so that that scene, I don't. You're, you're specifically talking about were they going up the? No, they're in that big room, right? Everyone's surrounding. Yeah, everyone's in the big room, circling around him. Yeah, I was just, I was just feeling, uh, or empathizing with Miles. I'm like, dude, what is he gonna do? Uh. I was just lost, lost in words. And then, and then Hobie comes in like when he was trapped and he's like the hands and then he breaks out. I'm like, dude, this is badass. This has got to be my favorite scene to be honest for sure. Well, that actually, (laughs) I don't know if that spoils the Avengers assemble or for favorite scene. Is that actually your favorite scene that you want to give it to? No, actually. Uh, funny enough. Um, Ken's most cinematic scene was my favorite. So the whole introduction with Gwen, actually after like the whole title cards and all that showing Marvel, I was like, yo, this is sick. Like the whole animation (laughs) of everything. And then leading into Gwen's introduction, the pastels, her narration, like I'm going to do this different and then introduces herself. And with the drums, I'm like, dude, I really feel that I I need to like hit something sometimes. Yeah, that was definitely my favorite scene you know it's actually my favorite scene too i'll mention another one but it's also my favorite scene and the way that ken that you described it that they book and the movie with like the drum solos and reminds me of whiplash uh, oh where you're right i was like dang this is so good and not my tempo you should have jay jonah jameson be like hey i mean he was in the movie yeah he heard his voice it's a multiverse. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that whole prologue, man. I love that. Opening with Gwen, you get to see the whole backstory. And um so when you kind of hit that that intro sequence and then you go into, you know, a year and 4 months later, I was like, "Oh, I hope it's I hope it's still good because that's a pretty big opening to live up to." And I just want to add, yeah. too, that I didn't obviously add when I mentioned the cinematic part. Uh, I love, I you know, you don't really know what their dynamic is in terms of, like, Miles and Gwen in, in the first movie. But then, you, you know, they were really, they put it out in the forefront in this movie a little bit more. That, obviously, you, they eventually showed Miles, like, you know, photos and everything, or drawings of, of Gwen <laughs> in his scrapbook. And, but then early on, again, during that whole intro scene when she's very melancholy, she, uh, they mentioned it in Into the Spider-Verse, how she, 
after losing Peter, she didn't want to make any other friends, but she made that connection briefly already with Miles from Earth 1610. You get to see like Miles just kind of appearing in different reflections. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is, this art style is so freaking crazy. Yeah, it's pretty insane. For, like the, the contrast between her art style and Miles. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the beginning, I love when uh, she has that, or Captain Stacy has that dilemma on what to do. And while he's making that decision, there's like that half red and blue. Yeah. Yeah. I was oh. like, oh, what is he going to do? What is he going to do? And so when he actually chooses to arrest Gwen, it goes full red. Mm. I think it's pretty <sighs> crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I read the blue part of of Gwen just because, you know, blue is more associated with feeling melancholy. And, you know, mm. she's still sad um, from losing Peter, but also not being able to see her, her friend Miles, who she made that quick connection with. So uh, mm. I want to yeah. watch it again <laughs> for the yeah, third time. Like, for the third yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Missed a lot. Same. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I picked a different <laughs> Avengers Assemble Award winner. Um, the My favorite scene, actually. And this one actually could have been my pick for most cinematic scene as well. Mm-hmm. Was when Gwen drops in and visits Miles. And oh my god. First, it starts off with them getting reacquainted. And she's kind of exploring Miles' room and then discovers the scrapbook. And, you know, these are kids. And they're really acting like, you know, high school kids where socially awkward. Obviously, there's a little bit of a chemistry there. But they haven't seen each other in a while. It's Mm -hmm. like, do I, you know, like, is there an attraction there? But, you know, like, you know, they're like, hey, um, let's go. It's like, uh, well, I'm grounded. It's like, well, is Spider-Man grounded? And so it's like some of the stuff that I like about all of these Spider-Man movies is when either Miles now or Peter Parker is just in high school and there's just an, this innocence of just, you know, being in high school and, you know, trying to figure yourself out. Like, I feel like the internal struggle of finding your own identity is something that we can all I- identify with, whether we're in high school or a little bit older or whatever. Uh, but, you know, you get the fun thwipping scenes, you know, they're just, I don't know, it's a Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man movie where we're just seeing them kind of go through New York or whatever and just um, swinging and everything. But it ends when they're at the Williamsburg Bank building. And this is really in my opinion, the best looking shot in all of the movie where yeah, that's true. Uh, Gwen just starts sitting upside down and then miles, you know, falls, uh, follows her and everything. And, you know, you get this upside down perspective of Manhattan skyline and obviously, you know, they're hanging upside down, but you don't really get to see that because I would imagine it's hard to do in real life, <laughs> but you know, you could take those uh, artistic um, liberties and it just leads to this great like talk about how Gwen shares, you know, because she, she she's now seen a little bit more of the Spider-Verse and she goes, yeah, Gwen Stacy falling for Spider-Man. Well, it never ends well. 
And then you could kind of see Miles at first kind of reaching for her hand. And then right when she says that, he pulls back. I was like, oh, oh. this is so good. <laughs> this is so good. This is like a, this really should be an anime. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Pulling our heartstrings. Yeah. No. Dang. But yeah, that's my favorite scene. See, it, man, that is a good one, man. The whole movie is pretty damn cinematic. Mm-hmm. Especially that that sequence, I just realized I don't know for whatever reason um, that Miguel was so hesitant to let Gwen join the group because he knew that she's like friends with Miles, mm-hmm. and so right. it's like to put that put her in that situation. Obviously, it, stuff happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but imagine if he didn't, and then you know Miles would just keep living his life and his dad would probably die so it's interesting in a way that you know Gwen was still able to get wrapped up in all of it but mm-hmm. um, my winner you know was the opening with Gwen and I almost wanted to choose a fun one like um, Mum Batten uh, yeah. <laughs> right that I almost good. wanted to choose that but I feel like I'm more a little bit more confident in the under the water tower scene with his mom because oh. Just the transition from when they're talking with Gwen and Gwen has to leave. I like it's all funny when you have that those awkward parents scenes, but then for them to seamlessly transition into emotional and motivating to have that pep talk um, from his mom, because you know you could always come come off kind of cheesy sometimes, but I felt like it was really well done in this movie. And so my prediction is that since she gave <laughs> the motivating speech, his mom's going to die in the next one. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> That's my prediction, guys. Didn't even want to think about that. Yep. Oh, shoot. Damn it, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm pre-crying already from Beyond the Spider-Verse. <laughs> You're crying because you know I'm right. I know, but that is so good. <laughs> You should write. <laughs> Shoot. He's manifesting it now. So I think you know. he is. Boom. Uh, Gone. It makes so much sense. They're they're setting us up. Yeah, before we start crying, though, maybe Ken, maybe even... We'll, yeah, we might start crying, especially this week, if we lose against the guests once again <laughs> this week in the Guess the Ron Tomatoes score... This one's gonna. I already know this one's gonna be hella close because we know this movie's good. So it just we have to get it on the spot, uh, on the dot, on the and dot. Uh, in your drop right top. now. Yeah, right now I'm at 15. Ken has 13. Guess have made a comeback and they have 11. So no Francis, pressure, Francis. Yeah, you. <laughs> all the pressure. All the <laughs> too much pressure, Francis. Too much pressure. Um, oh, shit. You're up first with your guess of the Rotten Tomato score. Mm, Rotten Tomato. I almost want to change my answer, but I'll just stick. I'll just stick with it. Ninety-seven percent. Oh, (laughs) that's really close with mine. I'm guessing ninety-six. I guessed the the same as Francis. It was ninety-seven. Oh. Okay, 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 that's a good sign. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Well, all right. Right here, 
Man, I bet it needs to, like, I looked it up right now, and who knows, it might even, you know, go up in a week or down in a week, because right now, the tomato meter with 295 reviews for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is... Gwen, drum roll, please. (laughs) Not my tempo. (laughs) It's going to be 90... Six percent. Oh! <laughs> so, Ken, you get the full three points for this one. Oh, my God. And uh, what happens again, Ken, if we tie? Uh, well, you're technically both in second place, so yeah. you guys both get a point. Damn. All right. Well, that makes the score at... Me and Ken at 16. <laughs> Damn it. And then <laughs> guests do get a point, and they're at 12. So Damn. they're still not too far behind. Cool, cool. Wow. You know, the guests have gotten points in like five straight. One, two, six straight, I think. Six straight weeks. I think that's why they came back so so quickly. They've had three first places and three second places. Wow. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> on a roll. They're catching up, man. Got to be careful. But, <sighs> you know, the real score here is the I Love You 3000 Award, where we rate the movie from 1 to 3000. I'm curious, Francis, how high or low you're going to rate across the Spider-Verse. So, uh, yeah, what's your rating? I was not too far off from my Rotten Tomato score. I, I did believe it was going to be 97, um, but my... I love you 3000 rating is 2950 out of 1000. <laughs> so close. Yeah. Why you didn't yeah. want to give the full Monty 3K? That <laughs> because of the sound mixing? <laughs> no, I don't know. I would have gave it the 3K, but uh I have to watch it again just cuz you know, very recent recency bias. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Maybe. I'm very guilty of that. same okay francis but in addition to your rating how would you actually rank it among the theatrical spider-man movies so you know you got 10 of them you got the three toby ones two andrew three tom holland and then now two two spider verses so what's kind of like your tier where did where does it fall into Gotcha. Okay. So don't hate me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so it falls right in the middle of Spider-Man two and no way home in the middle. So Spider-Man two on top. Yep. And then no way home at third. Yep. And then across the spiders. Oh, no. After no way home. Yeah, oh, in smack dab in between. Like, yep. Okay. Smack dab. Yep. So it's number two. So it's number two. Number two. It's number two. Yeah. Overall, out of ten. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, just because I feel like it handled. I mean, it was a different medium animation. I feel like it handled the multiverse a little bit more well than No Way Home for me. Uh, I do like the nostalgia factor from no way home but i don't know it was just such a love letter to all spider-man fans this movie it's a good one Mm -hmm. 
I can't argue with you there. <laughs> this movie was so good. Oh man. Uh for me <laughs> Again, I, I, I I've been having this internal struggle about recency bias. Uh, Jeremy knows. Um my rating uh or my yeah, rating for the I love you three thousand word. Even now I'm like struggling it <laughs> from within. I'm giving it a twenty-eight eighty for also a ninety-six percent. I really just wanted to keep it uniform. Oh, <laughs> ninety-six okay. for my guess, ninety-six for my rating. Um, it is currently my movie of the year, surpassing John Wick chapter <gasps> four. <sighs> That's tough. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. I had to marinate. I wasn't sure after that first viewing, but watching it a second time, just all the layers that it provides and just kind of going movie to movie between that and, and John wick chapter four, uh, Spider-Man across Spider-Verse just has more layers to this, uh, to, to it, it being, uh, a little bit more of a superior movie. Obviously the action's better in, uh, mm. John wick chapter four. Cause that's, <laughs> it's just high octane from start to finish, but <laughs> it's just more, more dimensions. More, sp- more spider verses. <laughs> more- <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, but man. as far as a Spidey ranking, I mean, I still have it in my top three. Same, the same top three as Francis. It's just the order shuffled. And I will say that this is just for now. <laughs> I don't know if this will eventually s- settle into something different. Currently, I have it at number two as well. It has the potential to move up to the top spot, but I'm just, uh, I don't want, again, yeah. I don't want to be a slave to recency bias because I feel like really from start to finish, I think this is the better overall movie than like the best movie out of all the 10. I have it at two. No Way Home still my first, and Spider Man 2's number three. Ooh, okay. Dang. That's fair. <laughs> I think I'm going to reveal my tier first. Okay. Because I feel like we all have them shuffled because um, my number three is Across the Spider-Verse. Okay. Number two is No Way Home. Then number one is Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I figured you were going to keep Spider-Man 2 number one. Yeah. Ken Ken knows my nostalgia for that movie is so high. I've watched it countless times. Mm. And uh but my score is twenty seven thirty out of three thousand at ninety one percent. I you know, I like this movie more than the first one. It it fe- definitely felt more mature to me. Maybe that's why I also liked it more. But I don't know. I, maybe it's just cause I've never related too much. I like this, obviously the movie's really really good, but I've always preferred a, a Peter Parker story. To I've never like Miles Morales' character is like pretty new to me out of the Spider People. Like I've when I saw um, Twenty Ninety Nine Miguel O'Hara and then Ben Riley, I was actually more familiar with those characters than I was with Miles Morales. Watch That's it again. On, watch it again on Hulu into the yeah. Spider Verse. <laughs> That's all I'll say. So I, I like I kept it uh, a pretty conservative rating too because I, I then again I didn't want to go recency bias either. I can't. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, where do you guys have into the Spider Verse? 
That's a good Did you guys question. rank that? I mean, I ended up ranking all 10. Well, I just looked at my old ranking. It's on Instagram right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, And I just plugged in <laughs> where I would put Because I feel like uh, the MCUs are so many. And then I feel like those tend to kind of always reshuffle. I looked at my Spider-Man ranking. I'm like, yeah, this still holds. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I it's put it under Spider-Man. Under Spider-Man? number five. Number five. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would probably put it around there too, like around the first Spider-Man, but not as low as like Spider-Man three, <laughs> mm. you know, mm. I have it number four because I had it in my top three before. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty high up there. It's pretty close with, for me, with Homecoming, like into the Spider-Verse Homecoming, I think is around there for me. Mm. I have Spider, uh, I have Homecoming really low at seven. I'm not surprised. Not to say that I didn't like it. I loved it. It's just there's just yeah. tears to these sort of things. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's tough, man. I don't know. Yeah, because I really feel like the bottom three, the two amazings and Spider-Man three, that's like way down here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then I that's feel easy. like everything from four to seven, and I, I feel like we're all in agreement. Into the Spider Verse, Far From Home, Homecoming, and the original Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, 2002. Yeah. They're all in the middle, and then we have our top three. <laughs> yeah, wow. head, head and shoulders above. Wow, in whatever order. <laughs> yes. Wait till March next year. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I feel like if Beyond the Spider Verse uh, is like across the Spider Verse, I think it'll be easily the best trilogy out of uh, the four. Oh yeah. Well, actually, yeah. there's only. Actually, there's only three, but <laughs> do all but I think I, I I feel like it'll be uh, definitely better than the Raimi and better than uh, the MCU. I can see that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But only if Beyond the Spider Verse lands the plane. Yeah. Oh yeah. If they can thread the needle. <laughs> don't don't cop out, guys. Kill somebody. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Kill everyone. <laughs> Both his parents. Oh no! Don't do it. And the new Uncle Aaron. <laughs> and Gwen. Oh whoa! Oh, no 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 no. And Peter B. Parker. My and his mom. daughter. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we're not going that far, guys. Too far. <laughs> they end up destroying all of the Spider Verse, and there's like no more. Yeah. Just, uh, Miles was actually Thanos. <laughs> But he no. destroyed all the multiverse. Or half of it, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Well, Ken, uh, we actually have another movie franchise that we want to talk about next week. What are we watching? Yeah, we haven't really talked about this next one, have we? Uh, but next week, new Robots in Disguise factions seem to be more than meets the eye as they join the battle for Earth between the Autobots... And the Decepticons in Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. And, uh, I mean, we're recording this on the 7th, but this won't be released until uh, the 12th, if my if my calendar's uh, correct. And so by then, Transformers, Transformers, Rise of the Beasts will already be out in theaters. So go check it out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Transformers. I'm... I don't feel like it's going to make that much money, but I feel like it's going to be surprisingly 
good. <laughs> yeah. Like Bumblebee. Okay, I yeah. hope so. I, Fair. Well, I'll take your work for it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch Bumblebee again before uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Rise of the right. Beasts. Yeah, I got some. Uh, I got some homework to do. Yeah, so that's next week. But before we close out the episode, um, we actually want to plug some things, I guess. Francis, anything you want to share with our audience? All right. Uh, so you can check me out pretty much on anything, Franku Desu. Uh, and you can also check out me if you're into martial arts, NBC and TU. F or tough, so that's Martial Blade Concepts and Train Until Forever on Instagram, and uh, as well as a short film that I did on my Instagram, on my TikTok at Franku Desu. Yeah, we'll put the um, all of that in the episode notes in terms of the spelling. We'll create direct links, so all you gotta do is just click on it. Yep, click on me. Yeah, click on do it. it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Palpatine style. <laughs> uh, for me, you can follow me on Instagram. That's basically where I'm at. At Freakin A. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, for me too, I guess. Uh, at JP underscore flicks. Go check it out. Yeah. Uh, last call on Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Anything that we missed that you want to... To mention real quick, could be a cameo, could be a little storyline, could even be a nitpick. I know we talk a lot of positives, but um, anything you want to mention? Yeah, I actually wanted to ask your guys' opinion on what you thought of Spot, the villain. Oh, oh yes. That's a good question. Go ahead, hmm. Francis. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I love the fact that he started off as a joke. We kind of brushed him off. And oh, then, it's a villain of the week. <laughs> yeah. Like, he was... Uh, Miles was just in the, what, the convenience store eating his snack or whatever. Just just chilling, making his, uh, you know, Spider-Man jokes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it just prolonged. And I was like, oh, shoot. What's going to be of this guy? And, uh, yeah, he became, like, such a greater threat. Surprise to me, for sure. I don't know if it was a surprise to you guys. What's yeah? I thought it was a complete surprise because in the, even in the trailer, it's like, oh, this guy's just gonna be a, a quick villain that they're gonna <laughs> get rid of real quick. I didn't expect him to be like the whole plot driver of the movie. <laughs> um, essentially, uh, the villain of the movie is just the dilemma that he goes through. Yeah, he has these antagonists of the spot and I guess the spider society. But ultimately, it's like, oh, what? What is he gonna choose? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, I don't know if, because again, uh, I think Jeremy knows this. I try to stay away from as much uh, about this movie as I could, and so I didn't really look at the cast list. And, and you know, it's kind of sometimes hard to make out voices. But f- for whatever reason, I thought the spot was voice acted by Ryan Reynolds for the <laughs> longest time. <laughs> <laughs> because he said he really sounded like him and you know like his character was kind of like a character that ryan reynolds would play but it was he was all obviously voiced by uh jason schwartzman if you're a wes anderson fan you'll know him uh in a lot of his movies mm-hmm. uh but i feel like an underrated artistic uh scene was when uh remember when spot accidentally 
kicked himself and then he ended up oh. in this void. Yeah. I loved <laughs> when he was in the void. Yeah, yeah. It looked pretty cool. It was very creative. It was like Interstellar. <laughs> yeah. Again. <laughs> he popped oh. in the the Venom verse, the Venom universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even got some what was it, Venom gum or whatever it was? I forgot what it was called. Oh, man. That was good. Yeah, yeah probably, like yeah. I, I I feel like we got a little bit of a reaction uh, when we stopped by the convenience store. All three of us that watched uh, Venom <laughs> and, and Venom Two. <laughs> yeah, you really because it's not Tom Hardy. You don't see Tom Hardy or Venom. Mm-hmm. You just see the the Asian lady at the convenience store. Yep. Unfortunately, it's <laughs> a uh, good it's a good cameo from her. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I had a quick nitpick though. It was, like, I know that this is such a heartfelt scene, and maybe in a second rewatching, I'll like it more. This is a, just a nitpick. When Gwen, or Gwen's dad, you know, she rev- comes back to her Earth, and she kind of, like, forgives him right away. And, like, maybe that, the color, you know, the colors change and all that stuff, and um, he welcomes her back. I'm not saying that he shouldn't have done that. I think that that was the way to go. But it felt to it wrapped up too fast in hmm. that way. Like, especially the amount of time that they've been apart from each other. I felt like maybe there should have been like this time where they should ease into it a little bit more. Um, because even if, I was trying to put myself in Gwen's shoes. As Gwen, I don't think it would have hit me that my dad ultimately chose me over like everything else, considering what happened a year and four months prior. Because mm. when the the colors started being all bright and and all that stuff, when I was thinking of myself in Gwen's position, I thought it would have. I think I would have been in a little bit more shock than than she was. Just a nitpick, though. Mm. So are you saying uh, you would have preferred a scene where uh, Captain Stacy and Gwen were eating Branzino and yeah. then she forgave him? <laughs> yes, yes, with uh, Dennis Dennis Leary playing <laughs> Gwen's dad. I had to. Dude, that's crazy. They actually had that. that they prominently put Amazing Spider-Man Captain Stacy dying. Yeah, they did. <laughs> That was like, so good. Mm-hmm. It's like, why is mm-hmm. it so resol- like low resolution though? I guess it was a nighttime <laughs> scene. That's why it was. But I think you know, we even like the uh, when they were showing the uh, Kenan events, even the uh, 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 Uncle Ben scene in uh, the original Spider Man was a little unclear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe on purpose. Yeah, I think they did that on purpose. I. I, I did like uh, all the little Easter eggs and the, the callbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any uh, other, uh, I guess, spider person cameo that uh, got you to laugh or whatever? I like uh, uh, P- I like Peter Park Car. <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Was I don't know where the the Spider Man's from, but he was the one that. Threw out a kick and a punch at the same time. Uh, looks familiar, but that one that one got me a laugh. There you go. 
I think I laughed out loud and then no one was laughing. I was like, oh, I'm kind of embarrassed right now, but I'll own it. Nah, I never get uh, embarrassed if I'm just the only one laughing because that happens. How come I, I feel so like I often. missed that? Yeah. I think I missed that one. He's like uh, striking straight at the you know the POV of the camera. Oh, I was like, that's so silly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's see. I'm trying to think. I'm looking at the cast. Uh, what did you guys think of Jessica Drew, uh, played by Issa Rae? Like her dynamic with Gwen as like kind of a uh, a role model of sorts. The fact that she was pregnant. Oh. I'd say that's a pretty good role model. Very funny. Uh, the fact that she was pregnant and still kicking kicking butt yeah. on her motorcycle. Oh, there was like a callback from uh, uh, a shot from, I believe it's Akira, the original, with a motorcycle. And oh, she yeah. kind of drifted. I was like, oh, I think I'm the only one who noticed it. <laughs> I think. <laughs> there you go. I, I, I liked her uh, relationship with... Um, Peter B. Parker. I think that was the funniest. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. It's like he had a pretty good mentor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I like uh, Jake. I always like Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker. So Mm lighthearted. And he was in, like, house slippers through a lot of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. I guess nitpick, though. I don't know. I still don't know how Miles escaped all those spider people and spider creatures, considering they're all, like, very intelligent people. Mm-hmm. So it's a you little know bit... Mm, <laughs> they they were distracted by, you know, the, the whole meme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> true. That, that stalled true. them for a good 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I guess uh, nitpick-wise, how did you feel about when Miles Morales was, I guess, invisible or camoed um, and just, like, sneaking up on Gwen? I was like, how is she not sensing that? I think that's a part of the uh, the power, right? That's true. I, yeah, I guess, like, maybe... I don't know. Yeah, that's... He was really close to her, man. <laughs> like, yeah, super with no close. mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like he, he's like breathing on her, man. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's very calm. He's a calm breather. She. <laughs> I, I guess it was my... the guilt. It was her guilt. She's like, oh, I messed up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can. It's almost like I can smell his cologne. <laughs> oh, oh, how about Hobie? Hobie uh, Brown. Wait. Oh yeah, he. Oh, one of my favorite jokes was when they say it's like, oh, it's like, what's that? And he's like, that's a metaphor for capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! I think that was probably one of my favorite lines. Yeah, I feel oh, like he was. Great. I feel like he was uh, modeled a little after uh, Lenny Kravitz. I always thought of. I, I was like, wait, that. is that Lenny Kravitz voicing him? But no, it's Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, was it? Oh, I just just figured that out just now. That's cool. Yeah, love that guy. <laughs> I think that's pretty much it. I'm just yeah, I've been just kind of looking up and down the the cast just to make sure we didn't yeah. miss anything else. There's just so much to dissect because like there's so much that happened in the 
two what was it 220 for this movie yeah. yeah and i think one thing to look forward to is that nicholas cage is probably going to come back right yes nick cage Let's yes go. as uh noir he he had a brief cameo yeah yeah That's that lineup oh my goodness it's a good mm-hmm. lineup the band is back together mm-hmm. even peter porker <laughs> <laughs> Not one of my favorite aspects, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I guess that's it for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse next week. Talking about Transformers Rise of the Beast. But before we close out, thank you, Francis, for joining us on this Spider-Fantastic episode. Thank you, guys. A lot to dissect. (laughs) A lot. I feel like we didn't hit everything. Oh, no, yeah. there, there's like cameos I already know that I could have mentioned, but I'll leave yeah. that to new rock stars. Yeah, that and uh, oh man, the the all the anomal oh no the the canon events mm-hmm. and anomalies and stuff. I was like, oh, so much to dissect. I feel like this could be one of those weekly reloaded episodes. I don't know if we will ever do it, but I mean, we could if we wanted to. Yes. Yeah. All right, yeah, Jeff Morales, you got to stay lieutenant. Don't go to captain, yeah. else you're going to yeah. die. Yeah, that's that's just... That's <laughs> a no-no. Mark, you're marking yourself for death. Yeah. <laughs> like Han and the girl. Yeah. <laughs> Rashad, two. Three. My bad. Got my references <laughs> wrong. Yeah, episode 69, if you want to hear more of Francis. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh... Yeah, so we'll see. Like, we'll see what happens when Beyond the Spider Verse comes back. Thank you, Francis. I'm sure we'll we'll try to make room to have you once again in the future future movie. It's always fun talking with you. Yes, you know I would be honored. But next week we're gonna have some animal robots with some car robots on Transformers: Rise of the Beast. But that's next week. And until then, we'll see you next time on the real.